1: Brought to you by Mind Architecture. Building worlds for your mind.
0: Ellen is gone. <laughs> Today on Relentless Geekery, we have the invisible man. I'm just going to have a bite of salad. Oh, Dave, look, look. The
1: so formula must
0: have worn off. I can see the invisible man.
1: What I've discovered is my Mac Mini has four USB ports on the back and that wasn't enough and so i had to get a usb extender for all my hard drives and all the peripherals and what i've discovered unfortunately is that certain things they don't stay connected because it's not the main port on the back that must have some esp some sensing protocol that lets you know when it's there so i often have to change between my printer and my camera microphone because they're in particular the ones that suddenly I can't print and only if I can't print if I'm attached to my little extender. So yeah. I always keep track of what I was last doing. And I was indeed printing stuff off because I bought some tickets and needed to make sure I had the receipt or whatever like that. And that's kind of funny because that's not usually almost always. Now I get things like everybody does. If you have your phone with you all the time and you have the ability to bring the ticket with you with a little barcode or in your Apple wallet or bring up the email that has it in, that's what I do for everything. But, Though I complain, many people do about Ticketmaster and how it owns the world. It really isn't the only game out there. There's so many different ticket web and Axios and SeatGeek and whatever else it might be, and they all have their different protocols for. I hardly ever do will call nowadays because it's just so much hassle to get into yeah. to get finally into a show, and all that. You know what I mean? Even though I'm, I am i kind of funny. I don't want oftentimes when I buy shows, I buy six months in advance because I want to get in early and get good seats. But then you don't remember, I couldn't care less how I bought the tickets. I care that I got the show for Todd Rundgren. And is that, like I said, TicketWeb or Ticketmaster, or whatever else it might be. So I'm continually playing this weird little game of should I print something off because I know if I have the thing in my pocket, it's to be that I remember what site I need to go to, and it always worked. It there's just enough ambiguity, just enough confusion, even it, with my supposedly mighty memory.
0: I, Why well, I remember
1: something that's trivial, and yet it demands it up?
0: <laughs> Back when uh, we first started using GPS, you always printed it out so you had that printed copy to follow the directions. <laughs>
1: exactly it's,
0: i'll and tell you as you say today's world they don't try and stop the phones remember back when if you tried to get a recorder or a camera into a concert man you were booted i got That's you right. but now everybody's got the phone and they've come to accept it and then they went oh my goodness this is actually good because people come to see us more that whole stupid crazy thing but here's the problem by the time the evening comes the end of the day and you get your phone out and they scan it for the tickets and stuff. And then you get into the concert to listen to it. You want to take a picture, maybe a little video. You look at it 22% of my battery is left. (laughs) So you don't even have enough to record hardly anything because you never remember to charge it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Way early on, I really had to be conscious of battery use and make sure I didn't run out before I, when I really needed it late at night and stuff like that. And nowadays I don't know. My The latest iPhones really have amazing battery life. Often when I plug into recharge at the end of a long day of use, I'm still at 60% or above. So I haven't, I haven't seen that with my watch. I see it. That'll often sometimes get down to 10% and then it goes into low power mode and it can do all of its watchy things without giving you the pretty watch faces and stuff like that. Right. Anyway.
0: The new car has a thing that you plug your phone into the USB. It's got a USB port. It's all ready for it. Mm-hmm. It automatically activates Android Auto. So it comes up on the little dashboard. It shows me the map and I can just scroll right through there and say where I'm going. It gives me, plus then I got my music player here and audiobook or whatever. And uh, Things come up when people text me and I'm like, wow, I love this. Uh, you know, who needs it built in? It's on my phone. It's, you
1: uh, know Apple has had SmartPlay for, 20 years now. And some of the early adopters were Porsche, for instance, which is, I don't have one of those. And in fact, our cars are old enough. Both of our Priuses are 8 and 12 years old or something like that, that it was before they had, I have a, I don't know, a little screen, but it's not, it isn't any better than having a GPS or my phone or whatever else it might be. Even it's aware when I hook up so that I can use it to dial and talk in the car and stuff like that, but I don't get the full autoplay experience. And I really, when I've seen it in use, I really like it because it's great to have I don't know at a glance you can see things without having to really squinch and look because right. you're squinching you're not looking at the road and so i really want it to be that it's better the tesla for instance has a wonderful massive display you know while you're driving it not only it shows you where the car is all around you so it gives you kind right. of 360 cents but also all those things that it brings up when you're doing uh phone type things it's wonderful to have all the room i've always liked I, you know, some people really stick a little pack of gum size phone. I have some people that don't want to give it up because they love having this little tiny thing. And the more screen real estate, the better. You know what I mean? I really like having the, I don't think my eyes are gotten that bad. I just like having more on the screen so that yeah. I have more to choose from or something like that. It, it's taste. Right. but it, I like having multiple monitors. And in fact, one of the reasons I'm going to be getting the next. Mac Mini M3 is because it has not two, but three monitors. And
0: finally, I'll have... so you can track it and all that. Exactly. It's got,
1: I know we talked about this probably early yeah. in the genesis of Relentless Geekery, our rig. And I like having a lot of stuff open at the same time so that with a glance, I can check my calendar, look at my email, check my browser and my notes, like my to-do list and that kind of stuff. And on one monitor, when I was having to go to that on my laptop, when I was off and out in California, taking care of my mom. It really was, I missed so much being able to <laughs> glance through instead of having to click on things to bring them to the top. And even then when you try to arrange things on your screen, when you have a little pocket size window for them on the screen, that's not the same as being able to, again, s- see it without reading in squinchy eye to, to see all of it and stuff like that. So I actually ended up getting like, a big monitor that I had out there that you even on a laptop, you can usually hook a monitor up by your USB port and stuff. And then I had... All the screen real estate that I really needed out in California, where I was kind of running lean and mean anyway. It's when people run their life off of the phone, it's a whole different world. And I, I don't prefer it. Some people really like having just that little bit, that amount in bursts, bursts and stuff like that. And I just like having more to scan. Kind of like, Boy, do I risk reading a newspaper like when you used to be able to look at the newspaper and with a glance, say by headline and by whatever picture, these are the things out of the 16 things that are open on this two page spread, I'm going to read only these two, instead of having to scroll past them, instead of having to pay more attention to each one in order to dismiss it. It's uh, a different reading experience. And I really miss it. When the Plain dealer, the paper here in Cleveland shot up in price, Colleen and I stopped getting it delivered because it went, it was more for less. It was like Delivered three or four days and for three times the price, and just out of how was that useful? And yet, that experience of sitting there with the Sunday paper and thinking that you're kind of getting a a weekend review, if you will, and reading Dave Berry's column and what are all the highlights, the bigger comics and stuff like that for a Sunday. I still miss that. And we've not been getting the paper for probably 20 years now. Oh sometimes technology cannibalizes things that i wish they would have left enough alone now maybe that makes today that one of our themes today is the retrograde i still read books i know i can put yeah. it on my ipad i know i can have it on my screen comic books nowadays because i have Comicsology, that's most often how i read comic books in collection and current stuff and yet it's not the same it's like laying there in bed
0: all casual, wonderful... Smothering yourself with planetary omnibus. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Some of them are a little large, that's true. (laughs) But just...
1: Oh, I... Maybe, and there's also... I'm pretty sure that the monitor, no matter how fine a monitor you are, it's not... It's a higher level of eye strain than reading a static image on a piece of paper. And so I know that when I do binge, I'm going to read... I just read the ultimates, the first omnibus that is the first 13 issues plus the annual or whatever... And I had to do it in two goes because I noticed after five or six issues, man, usually if I'm just glancing at things, I don't get eye tired. And yet from really paying attention and really reading dialogue boxes and all that kind of stuff, it was just enough that I was, the computer monitor is not the best medium for reading static stuff, cool stuff like comic books.
0: So so just think of the future where they got whatever the next, thing is for reading or whatever and the people are going yeah yeah i know that it's the new way to do it but just reading on a screen is so much more natural and so much better for us it's-
1: exactly if they're going to be talking about comic books like hieroglyphics. why would you <laughs> carve that in a stock or a stone and i can't well already there's all the things some schools dropped and then brought back cursive because yes. they were just, they thought that, hey, with everybody only typing and viewing things on screens and stuff nowadays, it's kind of like, why are we wasting time on it? But they're now finding out that the act of writing activates a different part of your brain and that you really do want to have the, the brain connection that says how, how I'm thinking about what I'm doing while I'm writing and and creating connections between letters in words with cursive that does much more for phonetic spelling and stuff like that. You do things in chunks instead of individual letters. Long ago, this was kind of cool, Mensa had a colloquium that was uh, pretty much about how the different ways in which information is presented changes your brain, and in a very, if you will, not only left brain, right brain, but in a feminine versus masculine way, And they went into a lot of research that I really had not been aware of um, how the more that we go from analog to digital, that everything is considered sampling, that it changes like how you view the world. Kind of like when you watch a lot of TV and they give you 10 minutes on each of three different topics. So that implies that they're each worth the same amount of attention, but sports headlines are not worth the same amount of a disaster where something blew up and killed people. You know what I mean? So it, it, Marshall McLuhan long ago said, the medium is the message and how we take things in, it really affects how we think of it and how we process and stuff like that. And so that's a little bit of, I'm loath to give up some of the old ways because I became quite capable from doing those old things and faster is not necessarily better and more fragmented. I'm really good at doing mosaics, but I don't want to have to do everything as a mosaic where you get a minute blips of a hundred different things and from that you put together the big picture i don't mind reading the long article where somebody has thought it out and curated the information and presented it in a way that each paragraph has an opening (laughs) paragraph and the substantive in the middle and then the next the connecting line to the next paragraph you know what i mean there's a science of writing about how we learned how people learn is all embedded in that kind of stuff and i don't know that we did equal amounts of study to see how it would affect what we learn when we adopted all these new things. So I'm so much a futurist. I'm so much, I really love all the ways in which we're moving into the future. And yet it's, it isn't wholesale. There are certain things that I still, I really like the old way and I don't, I'm loath to give it up because I can tell when I only do the new way for a while that I'm feeling restless or disconnected or I don't know, various different things that it isn't only a matter of, oh, I had a habit and I missed the habit. I really think it is that I retain things differently and I synthesize differently based on if you had a whole bunch of information put together into a string instead of just not even just kind of scattered. Sometimes it's um, really discontinuous It's like a movie that quick cuts too fast. You get the overall impression of there's a big fight going on, but if you had to then recount exactly how did that fight go on you'd be like i have a memory of all these different punches and kicks and moves and that kind of stuff but i kind of couldn't tell you who was doing what exactly or how long the fight really took because it showed it from you know what i mean there's a there's boy that's a i'm sure there are books out there that now i have to go read that have studied because this isn't new you know in the days of when people first had phones at all when we've had email instead of physical writing everyone has had the doomsayer saying oh that's the end of civilization as we know it because we really shouldn't do it but now we've had time to study do video games really make kids exhibit more violent acts and unfortunately the answer is yes even though i really don't want to think that i want to think that kids can differentiate between fantasy and reality but There's lots of evidence that says if you expose them to these kinds of things, they are more aggressive, they are less feeling. You can't play a game like Grand Theft Auto and get the fun idea that if it's a problem, shoot it. And if it's that there's levels of, what do I care about these various different things? Because of how much money I can get out of them, not because they're a human being in their own right. You know what I mean? If the game is all about just wanton slaughter then the fantasy I, <laughs> is I could go want
0: and slaughter too. <laughs> I've had this discussion with parents before they get upset because the banning of books, all oh, these books need bans, going to influence our kids and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, hold on. Your kids are in my scout group. I know your kids. They're 10 years old and they were talking about playing call of duty online. Where do you think that call of duty it play is a good choice, but reading To Kill a Mockingbird is bad. (laughs) Thank you so much.
1: What a perfect segue. It sure seems that the people that, how many people want to ban something having no direct experience of it or having no rationality to their argument, if you really were looking to see how it affects people, you kind of have to go with science to see if you do this, then does this happen? Not just, if you will, on faith, which is sadly behind a lot of these various different things they think that a naughty word is automatically going to make your kid a killer that's absolutely not true language doesn't really do that to you at all there are different image types that really do have a more direct line into your brain you know what i mean they really cause the emotion and all that kind of stuff but i and i I don't know i'm going to get tired eventually of talking about sense of proportion but there's so many people that really seem to like look at the list of their books And the things that they're worried about are ridiculous. And I'll say this long ago, I discovered this and I kind of couldn't believe it. When videos first came available and you had that all different topics covered and they'd have a special little curtain with the naughty section because you might see people doing it either making love or having sex, depending on the, whatever. But right within Billy's reach, in fact, even lower, so to make sure he could reach it, were all the toolbox murder stuff. All the incredibly violent, I abdicate that you can watch whatever the hell you want. If you're a latchkey kid, when you and your friends come home, there's a big stack of videos, and I'm never even looked at the titles to see whether you should be watching Last House on the Left. You know what I mean? So it, you and your friend doing a horror movie podcast, you must occasionally discuss this, But that's been around forever. America's tolerance, if not embrace of violence compared to sex, has blown my mind since I became aware of it for 40 freaking years. And we're now we're in this world of crazy gun culture and crazy razor wire in rivers to stop immigrants. How in the world did those ideas and then the actuality of it become acceptable? And yet we're over here worried about Billy has two mommies. That's the threat. That's the thing that's going to bring down civilization. People are ridiculous. They are fools. And yet that sure seems to be a a recurring thing throughout. When BBSs first became available, it was, well, we got to stop naughty pictures from being transferred. It's like, how about not bomb recipes?
0: How about not incredible white supremacist evil propaganda How about corporates and ceos taking advantage of our world and everybody to become richer (laughs) like that
1: i just it's we don't have a sense of proportion we are told which boogeyman we should worry about and it's never the right ones you know what i mean I, i i don't i think i might have said this the first time but maybe there's a great quote out there the people who want to be your censors are exactly the people that you shouldn't let do it
0: Yes, Yes, there's many
1: examples of that. Their their desire to be the one that tells other people what to read and watch and think is just never a bigger picture, a better picture, a Star Trek future of infinite diversity and infinite combination. No, it's always a throwback idiot image of, you know, it's always, I don't know many censors, even from the right or from the left, that really have an idea of what makes things better, but they've got personal bugbears that they want to stop and in fact, it's a new phenomenon, sometimes the things that they want to stop, you dig a little deeper, you find out that they like it. They're doing this thing to stop themselves from having access to it. You know what I mean? So you find out that if someone is really against, I don't know, homosexuality in literature, that they have been fighting all their life because they have homosexuality in them and they, from their family, from their religion, from their whatever influence it might be, they can't let that out but because they kind of feel they can't control themselves, they need somebody to ride herd on them. And then how about if everybody is ridden herd on? Wow, well, you know, that fucked up thing, that projection. that Every accusation, a confession. Everything. Is my word.
0: <laughs> every, everything will be just fine, though, Alan, as long as we can all get our gold high tops with the flag. Then everything will be just
1: fine. I'm especially delighted by the fact that they have that little extra bulge at the back so you could fit your bone spurs in there without discomfort <laughs> exactly that it wasn't that's such a what a ridiculous thing that he's doing that but the celebration via memes of how ridiculous it is in just one day or two it's always just so freaking impressive that people find so many different ways to mock an idiot a ridiculous idea and then not everybody's doing it. Some people are poning up hundreds of dollars. and well, I guess that's our country. So you got I, people who can see right through. The emperor has no clothes bullshit. And other people that are like,
0: is there a way that I could get two pairs from me and my, you know, oh my God. I love the meme. It shows Al Bundy and Peg from Married with Children and says, my husband's a broke shoe salesman. That shows Ivana saying, so's mine. Yeah, tell me about it. Exactly.
1: <laughs> that's one of the ones that I really did share because I thought, oh man, oh man, I... <laughs> And the problem is when you're shameless that you don't have a problem with, as long as I'm making the money, they can laugh it up. They can do it. I know he hates to be mocked personally, but he's done ridiculous things that any shameful person would have said. I'm not putting my name on that. I'm not getting affiliated with that. No. No. He, the call of money is so loud to some people.
0: <laughs> though, though you mentioned Shameless. Now, if you've ever watched that show, that's a pretty funny show. Uh, Actually, with, I have not. William H. Recommended H.
1: Macy. To me. William Macy, exactly that. Yeah. And a good supporting cast, too. Is it still going or is it done after? I four, think it's two? over,
0: but it, okay. it went for a long time, like eight. Okay. 10 years i don't know
1: but yeah. i've watched That's on the- my list ozark is on my list but there's yeah. things like okay i gotta make the commitment to watching four five six seasons and i just haven't yet
0: yeah I- <laughs> the rookie's back
1: it just yeah. started up we and- just tried to watch it last night and they said it wasn't going to be available until tonight apparently there's a you know how they do it a nowadays. day one one uh station gets the one streaming service gets the first thing and then they release it to others so we have been watching it via hulu and I well, think we don't have Hulu Plus, and so we couldn't watch it last night. It's not until today
0: <laughs> it because it premiered on ABC, so Hulu gets it the day after it premieres on. And that's what it is. Main regular, uh, uh, um,
1: the major channels still yeah. get dibs on things. I know we saw things on Paramount, but we wanted to watch John Stewart because he has returned to the Daily Show. How cool is that? And. It wasn't available via Paramount until the next day. And then they had out Nowadays, there's such contention. YouTube had it and Pluto had it, but you have to watch a lot of ads. And we've paid now for a couple services, at least Netflix, to not have ads. I'm not sure if Netflix or Amazon, because, man, if you watch good TV, cable TV, and then you have to go back on Hulu to seeing all the ads injected into how we watch The Rookie, I just, I don't want to see any more drug ads. I don't want to see any more political ads, especially as that heat, you know, I'm uh, so much looking forward to the Olympics because we're going to watch it probably. I think that Paramount is going to be how you do it again. And July is too close to November. It's going to be larded with ridiculous, evil stuff.
0: So, so you mentioned some of the streaming. So, if I my mother a couple years ago, we got her a Roku, and she was just afraid to do anything with it. This was when my father was still alive, and we tried to show her and have it all set up. So, it's my account, so she's not messing anything up. I just gave her profiles and all that. Mm -hmm.
1: And she's not watching at yeah. the same time as she is because you wouldn't be sharing words. Oh, uh, yeah, sure, sure. Okay. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, but we tried to show her and get her into it, blah, 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 and set her up her own profile. We even set up a wish list to start with. Now my father's gone, so she's getting to watch all the stuff she never got to watch before. Because oh, he, he was, was in was, the house.
1: That's oh, so yeah. sad, but I could...
0: That happens in couples you yeah know that's I mean. a whole discussion on a different generation but right, uh yeah. so she's watching stuff and i walked by yesterday i'm like hey what you watch it she was northern exposure oh that's cool she says i never got to see it from the beginning they've got it on prime i get to watch all of it and i'm like are you binging it and she's i'll watch a few <laughs> and I laughed That's because
1: That's
0: she yeah. not only gets in, she can now switch between all the different channels and search for things and knows where to go and can wish list them and knows how to keep going. And, and she watched a whole season and a half yesterday. It was like 11 o'clock. And I'm like, what are you still doing up? Aren't you? Like, yeah, but I just wanted to watch a little more. <laughs> And I'm like, you should have listened to me a decade ago, and you <laughs> could have been watching this before. She, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> Sometimes they really do need to find a reason to learn about it, and they found a show that they really wanted to learn how to save it, how to go to the next season, yes. not, like, let it say, if you like Northern Exposure, you'll also. And so it might have been that she kind of stayed away from it for 10 years, but now she's making up for lost time.
0: (laughs) I had to convince her to get rid of spectrum cable. I'm like, we've got everything you need here. Okay. You're not getting live news, but you always record it and watch it the next day anyway. So who cares? She misses some of the weather station stuff that she used to watch, but she found, other things do go in there, but you can load and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, you're paying 110 bucks a month for something you barely ever watch. It's all right here. So we, we dropped cable long ago. we cut the cord. Honestly, soon after I came to Cleveland. So 20 years, you know
1: what I mean? It was what you, the infinity of stuff you get for Amazon and Netflix was most of what we were watching. Anyway, we were never yeah. network TV watcher and the episodic, certain things, 30 rock, but most of it was going to be movies and things that they collected into curated things and stuff like that. It, Colleen is wonderfully smart, and it's a very interesting thing between the two of us because she will often let me set things up, and I will then explain. Here's we have uh, our new TV uses a Google TV, so this is the remote that goes with that. But here, you want to pop out to the Roku box, which is what we were using with our old TV. All you got to do is touch something on the Roku remote, and it'll. At first, it was you had to actually go to the input menu, and there was also right. a little bit of, and then we kind of discovered, nope, it'll do pop the right auto. Over activation and stuff they pop right over and so she like a little bit of your mom it used to be that there were little procedures that she had to follow and she would get a little frustrated if it well this doesn't make enough sense and then they listened to all the not computer geek al but regular citizen colleen and they made it so that it works just like you want if i want to watch something on roku can't i just hit the home button on roku and the tv and the remote and the soundbar all talk to each other and everything is fine and finally they seem to be getting to that so maybe it's the cool high sense tv or maybe roku you know everybody keeps ratcheting upwards and we are the winners as long as it doesn't over complicate things
0: so go the tango, other way.
1: Alina has discovered last tango in Halifax that she really likes there's still the guy gal thing of Al watches the guns and explosions movies <laughs> and she will watch the not tearjerkers but just human drama and stuff like that but she also likes history and documentary and stuff so sometimes I'll walk in and be like Oh, I would like to watch that with you, but you're already three episodes in. So sometimes she'll let me catch up. Let me catch up. Yeah. Just let me, make a note, and then I'll be able to watch it on my own time, even if she is ahead of me, that kind of thing.
0: So Uh, So we'll see. We went off uh, on. You. Yes. You mentioned the Ultimates uh, when we were talking about the omnibuses and stuff. So is this the old series of the Ultimates in the Ultimate Universe that you're reading?
1: It really is. When they first did it in the early 2000s, Marvel did an interesting thing. They have tried doing reboots before where they had the new universe and things like that, but the Ultimates was a retelling of classic Marvel stuff, but with modern sensibility. So there were characters that had slightly different personalities or how when they met, how they interacted, and they did it with their flagship titles. So there was an Ultimate Spider-Man and an Ultimate Fantastic Four, and the Ultimates was their version of the avengers you know what i mean they actually called it the ultimates and it's funny I, really i had read it 25 years ago so it was i was very impressed with how mark millar brian hitch a, a writer and an artist both that i really enjoyed it kind of came so i'm a subscriber to comiXology one of those things and i unlimited i can watch his read as much as i possibly want to out of their universe of stuff they have and they don't have everything there's all kinds of stuff missing compared to my collection for instance but when and they also play the game of things are around for a while and then they kind of go off the service so i gotta read them while they're available but then new things come on so it's oh i wouldn't mind going back and revisiting preacher revisiting the ultimates and then new stuff where it's oh dr strange is back alive i'll catch up oh now they're going to start charging me for them because they're not part of unlimited because i mean they do a lot of Manipulative lost leader type stuff. Yeah. It's 12 issue series. The first one's free. The first four are free. And that's especially insidious because now you're into the overall plot line and you really want to find out what happens, but now it's gonna anyway. So the ultimates was really well written, and especially what I liked about it was there was a certain naivete that goes with the 60s, moving yeah. forward to the 70s, 80s, 90s, and how comic books themselves changed, and them retelling those stories with i don't know more modern sensibilities about (laughs) you name it the lust for power about mental illness about the military industrial complex about spying in general what it takes to be a hero what it takes to be a killer it really captures tons of that good stuff and so for instance Hank pym there was a great sequence early in the avengers really breakthrough at the time where he wasn't quite well he kind of went multiple personality disorder where he became yellow jacket and multiple versions of himself and this of the Salieri thing. You know, if you're a really amazing smart inventor, but you kind of keep losing out to the Tony Starks and the Reed Riches of the world because you coexist in time when there's galactic level geniuses, it, no matter how smart you are, you're always feeling like a little inferiority complex, a little bit behind the eight ball, a little bit of resentment. And this plays much to that he's brilliant, but doesn't have the focus or doesn't have the luck. And some part of that brilliance is you come home and kick the dog type stuff. And that's really already terrible. But if you come home and hit the wife, that's really terrible. And man, they capture that, you know, that even while you're trying to be a hero, people have frailties, they have vices They're you know, and they really were good about not just me get black and white, that the wasp really loves him and puts up with it for a while until finally it's too much and then the world knows and how does the world treat them now that boy it really was that the comic books marvel has always been really good about the human drama of these things not just the biff bam pow hero versus villain stuff and man the ultimates was just really intense without it being about are we going to be able to defeat the scrolls or not you know what i mean so very good with a better take on thor if you really were a god among mortals how noble would you be or how debauched would you be or how would you be like continually you can't tell me what to do he's been all of those <laughs> at various times exactly that and so as a version of captain america a man out of time if you really were frozen in ice in 45 44 whatever it was that he you know, fell into the arctic or whatever into the north sea actually and then came back and the whole world had changed and everyone that you love had died, or your best friend and your girlfriend got married because you were gone. You're saying, like, Well, guys, well, that you know, this guy, for all of his nobility, he's having to deal with some serious crap. <laughs> and I just, it was really, really well done. And I know there's like an Ultimates 2 and 3, but I don't think they're available by a comicsology. So now I have to think of, Am I going to go back and reread them out of my boxes? Because I have access to all these things in the original paper format that I just talked about loving, but there's a certain amount of. That's opening a Pandora's box. If I really start to go tap into the collection for reading, I might just not read anything for the rest of my life except go back and visit my old buddies because there's so many good comics. You know what I mean? I would love to read. In brief, and I once did this at a Comic-Con here in Cleveland that was like, I always use this analogy, it's like I opened the furnace door. Someone asked a question about what's the best thing being printed nowadays and they talked about honestly a relatively lame thing involving maybe ghost rider and something like that and i as an audience member said i'm the gray hair here but if you want to read the best sustained burst of world building and creativity you got to read fantastic Four thirty to 50. during that period they stanley and jack kirby created the inhumans created galactus Multiple Doctor Doom things. The Frightful Four. Every issue was a new getting goosebumps over thinking back of how much cool stuff. Issue after issue. That sustained burst of magnificent creativity. It's so much better than anything going on in Spawn. It's so much better. You know what I mean? There's such crap that gets acclaimed nowadays compared to the Frank Miller Daredevil issues. They're like nothing else out there. And especially when it was Swamp Thing, being written by Marty Pasco, relatively good, but a lot of it is the same. And then Alan Moore shows up, and the world explodes with how cool his take on Swamp Thing was. And so each of those things, when The Watchmen came out, and it really was a better take on superheroes, than like a little bit of what I just talked about with The Ultimate. But what if they really were more like people? And like, if you're going to have sex maybe you'd want to keep the costume on because that's when you feel you're most mighty. You know what I mean? Like everybody kind of laughs about and that. And that's Viagra. Right <laughs> I guess, exactly. I So I that thing at the Comic-Con, they invited me up on stage to join the panel, because I, they could tell I really knew a lot about stuff. And then, I, as I think <laughs> I mentioned, we've got a, now it's, it was, was Comic-Con, now it's Wizard World, then it became a yeah. fan expo nowadays, and I put in for, to do a talk because it's really close to the solar eclipse, and I'm going to do a talk on, hey, how about all the sun-powered and moon-powered heroes? Because there's cool. a whole litany, and I'm hoping that now that they've seen me do this, and I've and the, some of the same people, things change in an organization, so it's not always the same person or whatever, but I was able to drop enough information about, hey, I've done this at past Comic-Cons, look for my stuff I did on female archetypes, or look for what I did on comic book history of comic book movies, that I hope I have a little bit of portfolio, a little bit of cachet, but I don't, when I go to the Comic-Con, I'm like the only guy doing it. They really don't bring enough comic historians in or people, and it's kind of funny. I really try not to be the Commodore. Back in my day, of course, blah, 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 blah. I really don't want to do that, but there's so much cool stuff to tap into. And if you're able to just say, go to the bookstore, go to the library and get those collected things of early Spider-Man, which is the same kind of thing. Issue after issue, it was, here's this teen kid fighting against crazy villains but the green goblin is insane doc hawk is yeah. megalomaniac and stuff like that and all those like stan, stan lee created an entire another universe that he deserves i know that there's a little bit of backlash nowadays with was it really only him or was it jack kirby as well and it, when you look at the body of work of him not only working with kirby but with heck and Ditko and all the things that he created just Great ideas spinning out every single month. He really did create the modern version of Captain America and the Hulk and the Avengers and Spider-Man. And it's like, it's X-Men. It's unending how much cool stuff he created. And I love being able to talk about that, that the version that you might get from the MCU... Is not necessarily even the best version. It might be that Stan Lee created something, but then when Chris Claremont picked up the wand, the baton, right. he also did an amazing run. And so did Brian Bendis and whatever else, some other writers that I, Alan, or that I'd be happy to be like, man, if you haven't read, mm-hmm. and I know I'm getting, I don't mean to make it a rant, but it really is a cool thing that when there's history, and maybe now, especially this is a sad, small thing, there's so much, um, political crap going on now that we talked about at the start of this about what we're going to try to ban and comic books have always been one of those things that people think that they're like a source of juvenile delinquency a source of they're less literature they're going to make kids stupid instead of smart and my entire life 59 on has been That's absolutely not true. And whatever, they actually had congressional hearings in the mid-50s, back when there was the Red Scare and communism and Estes Kefauver and the Seduction of the Innocent book came out. And people carried that forward for a generation while the Marvel universe was being created. While it was not, the lighthearted Little Lotta type stuff and the cardboard cutout DC stuff that there really was so much better. All those kind of comic books coming out And I really kind of carry the torch for that, that I'm shaped very much as a person by how lucky I was to be born so I could participate in the Marvel world from age four on. You know what I mean? They came out in 63 and I'm four years old. And first time I'm seeing these things, I have some way old comic books, destroyed, coverless, whatever else it might be. But already back then, the covers were so intriguing. The stories were so interesting. I remember using the word mutant in a class where the teacher didn't know that word, and that's, that's a very powerful thing. When you're reading something that the teacher doesn't know, you're obviously you know, possessed by the devil. I, and luckily, Mrs. Staley didn't say, "Well, we got give me that comic book. That's gonna we we'll warp your mind and Let's sit in the corner." Exactly that. Bend your spine. Lose the war for the allies. You know what they used to say. All the things about Mad Magazine having to go away and all the EC comics that were that isn't it all ties together that has been an unending thing where people will say these have to be removed because they're hurting people and they're not they never have been but it's a classic crusade that people can take up with and they'll always find the people who don't read comics or don't read books or don't read period to take up you know, i'll carry that torch on a rally with you that's always a good look let's go to the book burning together I have a right to carry as many
0: submachine guns as I want and desire, but you shouldn't be able to read any comic book. (laughs) Where the heck is our world at?
1: Can we, as a society, can we at least say anybody who's proposing banning or burning books? Absolutely not the people that we should be listening to. You know that, you know, that's not the case. So the things we're seeing in Florida and Texas and now in Iowa, in Kansas and Oklahoma to try to make it so that they have new, education standards that are rewriting the history of the United States because it's uncomfortable to talk about we really weren't a great country all the time. We really did slavery. We really did internment camps. We really did Jim Crow laws. We really have had homosexuality attacked though it's been part of society for all of the world's life. You know what I mean? It's just weird to see. It's like a knee-jerk reaction. You know what I mean? Really, we're going through this again can we just finally say whatever you thought about allowing gay marriage how it was going to destroy society? well how many years are we in now and societies function just fine and people get to love So I
0: guess you were wrong just admit that you were wrong all along that there's well, nothing I don't know well, I don't know what you're talking about that's why is that even a concern Look here's the new thing that's destroying the world we got to be <laughs> concerned about
1: Exactly. I'm not sure what the form is for doing that maybe us but like, I came here and they were smoking. Not I was spoiled by California. Came here and then finally did a smoking ban. And how many pronouncements of it's going to kill all the bars and restaurants because da 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 And funny, they were all wrong. They were such addicts that their addiction spoke through them and said, if I can't smoke, I'm really in trouble. Oh, well, the whole world doesn't smoke. And the fact that you're hardened people through your addiction, apparently that never occurred to you. And finally, society has acted in some cases. And nowadays, what would that be labeled? Woke or some ridiculous, stupid, idiot term that says, oh, you have empathy? Oh, you have science? Oh, you actually listen to rational argument? It's really ridiculous to see how many times we're having to go through some of these Situations, these arguments, and do we not learn from it? You know what I mean? It, it, history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. You really can. The past is prologue. William Shakespeare said that. Do they watch any Shakespeare? Do they read any Shakespeare plays? No, they do
0: not. They banned it. They banned it. It's just <laughs> exactly. Shakespeare is going to destroy our society. We shouldn't let anybody ever read Shakespeare. It's just. <laughs> So okay, wait. I'm we were sure talking about find a Bible quote. or oh.
1: you learn from the past. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's not my Bible. What are you talking about? Oh, that's right. You don't like all we the. We rewrote Bible. it. Ones that tell you who to hate. So,
0: so. we were, we mentioned the Ultimates. That universe, the best part for me, and I think this is what really kicked that universe was when they released the Spider-Man Ultimate, Spider-Man, because that first issue just exploded and it grew into a really good Spider-Man series. Not my all time favorite personally, but excellent. And that gave us Miles and Miles has really been great for the past 15 years or so. I think that initial run on Ultimate Spider-Man might be the longest
1: sustained partnership between a writer and an artist. Well, maybe. uh, Even longer than Lee and Kirby on bunch of stuff, there's been Claremont and Byrne, all kinds of things that were like years and years. But I think that ran 120 issues.
0: Yeah.
1: That's a long time to dedicate yourself to a character and not get lazy, not get repeaty and that kind of stuff. They did great work for a long time. Those are really worth the reread also, you know, so maybe that's right. the next thing I'm going to put into my queue.
0: <laughs> so there's, uh, they didn't kill, but they stopped the Ultimate Universe, and they had several Ultimate titles throughout their back and forth a bit. It was its own uh, brand, you might say. Right. They've started a new Ultimate Universe, a new Ultimate bit of series.
1: That's not been on my radar at all, so please tell me about that. Because so,
0: I gotta, hmm. It's <laughs> <Seriously>. new. <laughs> um okay. they have two issues of spider-man out and one of black panther with tons more coming i have not read black panther or issue to a spider-man yet i read the first issue of spider-man they i mean everybody oh spider-man we know the history he gets bit blah 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 my god we've had that same damn history for 70 years if you're going to do a new universe i'm okay with doing a new history but don't well, make it have... stupid
1: is it a retelling is it a retelling of a retelling so it's ultimates three or is it a whole sweep the table and start over
0: type this thing? is new okay it, it's not connected Miles morales not peter parker it's it's 40 year old peter oh okay okay yeah and so it he... starts that's where it starts it talks about an apocalypse history something that happened that changed the world okay. uh, that none of this has existed in any of the histories we've got. So this is its own separate universe, not tied to anything. Okay. Uh, yes. The same type of characters, but Spider-Man doesn't have his powers at the beginning. And Tony from the past sends a message to convince him to open this egg. And it's got the spider and let the spider bite you. And it's wait, what? but they do it very well. Again. So it's very multiverse aware. In other words, this really
1: is a separate universe where history took a different course, but now we need Peter Parker and his. Yes. see With and, those powers, because there's something really bad. Interesting. Okay. And it's
0: not the first time they've done this, but Peter's really coming off as the linchpin character, which there has been some back and forth on that, but Seriously, when Guardians of the Galaxy looked back at the history of Earth and the Martians were attacking Earth, Spider-Man was the last fighting superhero, and they had uniform honored on Mars in a museum. And Honor. when you look at 9-11, the issues for 9-11, the tower... I mean, you want to talk about powerful story. That came out in December. September is when 9-11 happened. And that issue of Spider-Man, it's all black cover. The superheroes show up, and at near the end, a double spread. The tower is falling and Spider-Man is zipping in and out of windows. pulling right, like, doing people. Doing the old throw them out the window and I'll catch you in a minute thing wow. as it's falling. That is probably the second most powerful Spider-Man story uh, for me right there. That wow. one is okay. pretty intense. But th- this new thing, it, it, I'm very excited because... I might have to go to the comic book store. I might have. Yeah, Yeah. if If not, you have to wait till October or something for them to come out the trade of the first six. That's a long time to wait because Black Panther's out, Spider-Man's continuing. And Colin was telling me, yeah, every every other week they're starting a new title in that universe, and it's all meshing together. And I'm like, oh gosh, dang it. do you remember who the principal writers are? Because uh, I, I'd have I, to go
1: I, look. Certain people that have a good sense of what's gone before and also a good sense of how can we jazz things up a lot? You know what I mean? So I'll, I'll take a look. It's worth going to a comic book store is a dangerous thing for me because I really don't want to restart buying. <laughs> I haven't been buying for a while and that's how we got to retirement safety. And yet we're safe. Maybe it would be okay to start buying 10 titles a month. And would I be able to stop at 10? That's the problem. You know what I mean? That's like I was buying. Has it by of Colleen first. Get a regulator I, going. When I have talked to Colleen, you know, I really miss him. And I'd like to start. And she reminds you of how much I was spending per month. And it'd be like, well, I think that the industry has contracted. And I think that I'd be able to also be more choosy in what I get. But I've always been a completist. I love reading every reference i get it because i read all the
0: issues i can see how things kind so of lined around so find your local comic book store and just say these are the ones i want just these have them pull those and then just stop and get the pools and walk out <laughs>
1: that's, that's kind of what i need to do is not browse the like i don't know i like going to carol and john's and they have big tables with all the new stuff out and I just love going one of each, one of each, one of each, and that kind of stuff. And I don't, for, uh, it's kind of funny. We haven't talked about this because it's not current. I, I had stopped going to comic book stores because I found a buying service that I really liked called m M&M m Distributor. And they were right in Chicago, but then they moved down to Texas, but they kept doing it. And... They pulled everything that I wanted, including all the different odd small press titles and stuff like that. The boxes they shipped in were double boxed. So everything all showed up in perfect condition. And I got I bought so many that every Thursday was this box of treasure arriving. And that was what I kind of did. Friday, Saturday, Sunday was your really own loot sh- crate. I, I wouldn't necessarily put them in alphabetical order. I'd put them into the, well, here's the top half dozen that I have to read. No. And then I would work my way through. And it and sometimes. By looking at what did I not get to before the next box arrived, I kind of kept a list of that and said, maybe I need to let those go. I don't need to buy everything. If they're not so good that I make a point of getting them in before the next one arrives, it's like I have magazine subscriptions that I crack one out of three issues. And they're only a dollar each, so it's not that much money. But there really is something about, boy, that's wasteful. I shouldn't be getting that much stuff. in if I really know from history that I'm not going to get to them all, Oh, I've it's a problem, and I think I'd let, I want to solve it because I really miss them. And when I go to the I know now I have comicsology, when I used to, especially now, like when it was the doldrums of January, or February, I'd go hit the various different libraries because it was new stuff would come in over the course of the year that I hadn't seen, and I'd go to Lakewood and kind of start at A to Z and go look what haven't I read here, and then I'd finish with Lakewood, so I'd go to Rocky River and Westlake and Bay Village and I expand my spiral right. outwards and always had comic books in the house in the trade editions but mm-hmm. then that's also wow this isn't everything i'm really missing oh it's um i'll have to think about that a lot every week of colin telling you what's good what's coming yeah out. I, I, right oh my god
0: it. people like that. i would have caved long ago <laughs> people come to the store and he has little signs up, Collins picks, and they're like, oh, and, and literally selling out of the things that he's recommending. Right, and they, they keep, come across his tape? Yeah. And Good so time. this Ultimate, the new one, the Spider Man issue, there were a lot of people that ordered it, a lot of pre orders and lots of stuff. But then Black Panther was the second one. And okay. nobody really pre ordered it because you got to order these things sometimes a, a couple months ahead of time. And it was
1: two months in advance, if I remember right. That's right. Yeah.
0: Okay. So not as many people pre-ordered it. And then Spider-Man came out and people really liked it and it sold everything and blah, blah, blah. So then everybody wanted Black Panther. And it's like, okay, we already ordered these. Nobody wanted it. So we had three people that ordered them. We ordered five copies. And they're getting- Sixty-five people are asking about this issue. Not
1: in depth because we don't want to have sixty copies unsold. No, (laughs) and
0: so they went back and they're like, "Can we order more of these?" And Diamond said, "No, there's no more to order. They've we've sold out completely." So, oh my gosh! But is it a false thing? Is everyone buying it because oh that was really popular? Let's buy this because we'll be rich, or is it that good? I'm not sure yet.
1: See that I've never done things like that, speculation wise. I will say this though. So I, I had comic books in my basement that I moved out because we we're reading the, the new HVAC system put in. And I really didn't want to have any possibility of dust, water, anything get in there. But in the act of moving them out, of course, I cracked a box and looked. And it's kind of funny. There was a time, because I was making consultant money, that while I was buying comic books, I speculated a little bit that if something came out new, I'd get two copies of the first five issues, maybe 10 issues. And so that's kind of handy now to go back and say... Wow, when they restarted X Men, when they did seven different X Men, X Force, X Factor, X really, Spam titles, I really—those things that then took off and did well—I have extra copies of them. So it's kind of nice to not only have the hundred-dollar copy, but I got two perfect condition hundred-dollar copies, and that right. happens a lot. I have a lot of those things. So I just yeah, one one day I, I'll. Present the database in all of its glory, and we'll see whether it's something that Collins guy Adam might be interested in, or whether it's going to be Heritage in Brief. And we've talked about this maybe just a couple episodes ago. Am I really going to become a comic book seller with all of the work that's involved in that? Yeah. Or am I going to say I'm going to get a quarter of the value of the collection, but I'll be done, and then yeah, that's a rough trips I, to Europe. You yeah, know Colin and I were
0: talking about that, and it's that's a rough decision, but it's a totally different thought when you're 40, as opposed to when you're 60, as opposed to when you're 75. But different thinking. It's like you went those exactly people right. that are 80 years old and win $400 million in the lottery. <laughs> that's right. What am I going to do with my next? It's kind of funny. It really is. Uh, the, so I'm
1: moving the boxes out of the basement, and I think it was eight boxes. And as I'm coming up the tight stairs, and I'm getting my knees are already tired of this, I really can't sling around hundreds of boxes like I'd have to every time that I sold something. I would have to have stacks of five. And what if it's the box second from the bottom? I got to move the top three, open gingerly the box, get out the one that I'm selling, all that kind of stuff. I really think that my need for a truss is going to overcome my desire to get every dollar. Not checking. Yes, I, (laughs) you don't need to be the guy in charge of the cough. I'll go see the doctor about whether I really should abandon. I think I already, you know, when I was, when I've been cataloging everything, I used to have them in long boxes and those were like lifting a block of wood, heavy and dense. And I have put everything now in short boxes so that at least it's not every time that I work with the collection, my back hurts. But it's
0: twice as much.
1: Yeah, it's twice as many movements, but each movement is not okay you know what i mean you got to kind of brace yourself you need to find those young nieces and nephews (laughs) (laughs) this is kind of funny when i got things from california to here and they all came off the truck and we put them into the storage lockers i did hire colleen's son tim and his friend spiky mike to help me and they didn't last as well as i did they just weren't used to lifting blocks of wood by the hundreds in and out of a truck and getting them in so i have some boxes that I had to go restack because they put them in, you know, you have to, when you have cardboard boxes, you have to line them up on the side. Otherwise they cave and fall and all that kind of stuff. I had to fix a lot of stuff that they did out of tiredness and out of, we had no idea it would actually be this much work. So you're working for once in your life. You're a little, so, (laughs) Yeah. but I'm built for it. You know what I mean? One of the reasons I've had a huge collection is because I'm the guy that can lift a
0: hundred boxes and not feel it. Not everybody's like that. You know what right. I mean? So. Yeah, that's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> hey, I got to jump because I just had a notice pop up. I got a meeting to jump over to. Okay. We so. didn't even get to your cool gaming and your cool yes. So next week for sure. Let's focus on you. So quick question. Maybe Friday, but probably Saturday. Are you going to be around at all? Because I'm probably traveling up that way. Saturday, there's a okay. pre-release event for the Star Wars card game. And it's somewhere the west side-ish of Cleveland. I got to look again. So I'll touch base. and Maybe I can finally get your damn Christmas presents that I've been like <laughs> drooling can, to give you. I will come to wherever you are and we can grab lunch
1: near your event and, okay. and we'll do the gifty thing. Okay, okay that'd be great. Am, let's see. We, we don't have, we have a show that night, but nothing during the day. So okay, cool. should be done today. Very All good. right, cool. Okay, take care of your business. Take care, Stephen. Later, man. All right. I'm glad you're feeling Yes,
0: thank you. (laughs) This has been the Relentless Geekery Podcast. If you enjoy our conversation, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app and go give us a review, give us some likes. It would help a lot. Check out our website, relentlessgeekery.com, where we have links to our Facebook page. Join the conversation. And go check out our YouTube page, where we have the video of this and other episodes you have been listening to the relentless geekery podcast come back next week and join alan and steven's conversation on geek topics of the week